Hi, I'm Angela Lee and welcome to the Will to Live podcast where we share with you the gifts of living. I speak to inspiring wellness leaders, mums, celebrities, business people, super grannies and more to help you live your potential, connect to your purpose and bring joy to your life. Discovering your will to live a fulfilling life starts now. Welcome everyone to the next episode of the Will to Live podcast and today we're doing something slightly different. We're going to have a chat about something that's very close to my heart and that's the impact of emotions and emotional events on our health and we're going to talk through a bit of a case study that I actually worked on with a with a client of mine. He's been very um, lucky to have him along today and it's Paul Todd and he's the owner of Advanced Fitness and he's a health and performance coach in Christchurch. So really excited to sort of chat today with Paul about, you know, some of his personal experiences and yeah, I think there'll be some great insight, not only for trainers and what how we can help our clients a lot better, but also for people who have been through um, emotional events as well. I guess from my perspective with my journey is that, you know, going through extreme emotional events, which most of you know through, you know, losing my son, the the pregnancy, you know, having a a newborn baby, getting divorced and, you know, hugely traumatic events, it it really, I did notice um, a difference on my body. And now look, Paul is in Christchurch and Christchurch has just had so many traumatic events over a really long time from all the different earthquakes from the shootings and it's just been really interesting when we looked at Paul's case study and I think it's just really important for us to understand is that it's more than the physical we're not just physical human beings and you know it's about what's going on for us mentally what's going on for us emotionally and what's going on for us spiritually as well so it's really important for us to look at at the bigger picture and that's you know, today when you look at this case study, you'll you'll actually see the impact of some of the emotional events had on Paul's physiology and also some of the things that we can do about it as well. When I think about emotional well-being, I actually really like this definition um, from Harvard and there's a few components to it and it actually talks about emotional well-being involves the recognition and acceptance of all of your thoughts and feelings, whether positive or negative. Staying in tune with your emotions is critical to maintaining balance and resiliency and emotional health will enable you to cope with stress, work productivity and recognise your true potential. Look, and there's a few aspects there that I really, really like. And, you know, I think it's really important for us to recognize and accept all of the our thoughts and feelings. Like sometimes we live in such a, a positive mindset society that we sort of ignore some of the feelings that might be, you know, so-called negative. But And what happens when we do that is that we repress it, like we still hold on to it. So it doesn't go away. Just because we haven't dealt with it doesn't mean that it's gone away. It actually can get stored in your um, body. It can affect your hormonal balance. It can affect the structure of your body. So it's really important for us to do that. The other bit that I liked about that was actually staying in tune with your emotions as well because you know so many of us are so busy it's living busy 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 stress busy stress busy that we just keep getting on with things we actually don't take the time to actually have any awareness and until we have any awareness of you know what our emotions are doing then we actually can't move forward and do anything about it so it's really important um, to do that as well 
Now, emotions are a language of communication that can disrupt our entire physiology. And, you know, Paul Check, one of, you know, the gurus that I follow, he even talks about a, a, a totem pole, which is a priority of things that affect our system. And emotions are the top of that. It absolutely can override everything that we're dealing with. So it's really, really important. And, you know, when you're working with clients or, you know, if you're a listener at home who's um, not a trainer and you've got tight muscles and you're really, really stiff, without a doubt, it's not always just muscular. Like it's often emotions that are stored with that. So when you start to stretch or when you start to release certain things from your muscular system, emotions can arise as well. And on the flip side, when you start to release some of those um, emotions in your body and you start to relax, it can actually release some of the tension in your body as well. And, you know, these are some of the things that Paul experienced. And, you know, Paul, someone that I've coached for five years now. And as a part of the program that Paul was on with me, we actually ran um, stress hormonal profiles every single year. And what stood out to me about Paul is that he was one of the very, very few that was in the optimal range every single year. So many people and many, many trainers and, and the public were just not in that range. They either had overactive um, stress hormones or they were you know, even in the exhaustive phase, whereas Paul wasn't. And Paul managed himself extremely well. So so even through the birth of his two children, even though Joe, Joe had the Joe had the kids, but you know, you know, there was sleep deprivation there, there was big life adjustments, there was a lot going on in Paul's world, but he managed himself really, really well. And you know, it wasn't until these last lot of results that we had um, recently that it was the first time they were through the roof high. His adrenaline was high, his cortisol, all of his cortisol readings were through the roof. And so it was really, really surprising. Um, to see those. So that's why it so stood out to me as to, you know, to what was actually going on with Paul. Do you have any thoughts on why they were like that? Because you were sort of like the Mr. Perfect results for the, for the last five years. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, it was really good for me to see the numbers and the details. I had kind of known that I, something wasn't quite right. I mean, having mm. sort of managed myself well for, for a number of years, um, you know, post kind of March and, and um, you know, the event we had in Christchurch, I'd, I'd sort of known that, you know, I could kind of knew emotionally that I was living in quite a fear state. And mm-hmm. I guess I was one of those people who, in a, in a leadership role in a number of different areas, I was the one trying to sort of put on a brave face and just kind of move forward and, and make sure that I tried to keep everyone else kind of going and sort of staying in a positive frame of mind as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but a couple of sort of situations stood out where I would um, try to, I just tried to up my exercise um, volume a little bit. I had a, an adventure ride coming up um, just after our retreat. And all of a sudden I just wasn't feeling great. I just hadn't have any energy. Um, the extra exercise was knocking me around a lot. I got sick, um, not something I'd sort of had to experience too frequently. Um, and I just, I just didn't feel like I was in a good frame of mind. I was definitely living in a sort of fear state where I'd sort of find myself going down these sort of emotional sort of rabbit holes, so to speak, and sort of a fear mindset. Um, so I, I didn't know that my stress hormones were out, but I did know that my body wasn't responding in the way it had been. And I definitely knew that my emotional state was, was a lot more negative and I was definitely finding myself in a, in a lot more of a fear based profile, um, over that period of time. Yeah. And so when you, um, you know, were feeling like that and then you saw that, I guess the results to sort of, I guess, explain, you know, in a way why you were feeling like that, what did you put it down to? Did you associate it? you know, with the events that happened in Christchurch or did you, had, had you actually made that connection or thought about that? Um, I think once I, I saw my results I had, um, I had 
understood the impact of the event, I think, um, but didn't realise the degree of impact it was having on my body and, and, and obviously didn't realise that actually the impact it was going to have going forward if I hadn't made some changes. So mm. I did know it had an impact, but it wasn't until I actually saw the, the hormonal profiles, um, realised what it was doing to my physiology and my stress hormones that I understood the complete impact. Um, and at that point in time, actually, it wasn't until then I actually put in place some, you know, some structure and making some changes to what I was doing. Yeah, so what were, I mean, you had a real, you manage yourself extraordinarily well. So for someone who manages themselves so well, what, what other things did you look to put in place when you, I guess, realised, you know, what the, you know, the events of that and how it impacted your body and like emotionally? So the, probably the ones that stood out to me most were, like you said before, just sort of understanding that thought process with the positive or negative and understanding why I was going through that process. Um, I started to allow myself just more time, more time out during my day. Um, I've always been someone who, because I've managed things reasonably well, could sort of push a reasonably sort of busy day out and feel quite good about that. Um, but I just made sure I sort of recognised that actually I need some more time to process these thoughts and these emotions. I realised I need more downtime. Um, that it was just kind of time for me where I wasn't actually actively involved in anything and. Yeah, up until now, I'd had a lot of downtime where I was looking after the kids and doing lots of things I consider to be quite good recovery time and lots of fun. Mm. But I recognised I actually need some proper me time and some proper downtime. So mm. I'd take small breaks in my day. Um, I'd make sure within my working week I had time off that I wasn't trying to fit exercise into. I wasn't trying to do something or um, be proactive in anything. I'd just actually take some time to recover. Um, I started using um, HeartMath, which is an um, heart rate variability sort of training tool. Um, sort of a form of meditation, so to speak, which really focuses on the link between heart rate variability and positive emotion. Mm-hmm. So I, I dabbled a little bit in that in the past, um, but I recognised for me, sort of sitting down and meditating was something that I sort of didn't find easy to do without sort of some structure. Whereas I found heart math gave me the, mm-hmm. the structure and the sort of the level of detail I needed to kind of apply that positive emotion, that meditative state. So I started practicing every single day uh, during the week with heart math, and I found that would make a difference to my sleep and my frame of mind when I was going to sleep. So, yeah, the positive emotion was having a huge impact on my ability to recover properly. Mm. Um, and I probably think, so I started doing that post-retreat in May, and I recognised the kind of real key moment for me was we took a wee mini holiday um, in the July school holidays, which is probably midway through July. Mm-hmm. I remember coming back from that. We just had three days away, but I remember coming back from that we three days away and kind of feeling like, hey, I feel good again. I could clearly, at that point in time, I say, hey, I feel good. Mm. Um, now, I didn't stop what I was doing. I just, um, I keep doing the heart math. I keep maintaining the small breaks. because um, I kind of recognized that, you know, I'd have a reasonably challenging start of the year. So I, was, I made sure that I kept doing what was working for me. Um, and, I, you know, I definitely, I've made sure that over the last six months, I've kind of tried to manage myself really well. Times manager still gets low, so it's by no means perfect. Yeah. Um, I introduced a B vitamin. Mm-hmm. So my B vitamins were a wee bit low, so that made a difference as well. Um, and then nutritionally, just made sure I was eating sort of foods that were great for my liver and that sort of stuff as well. So, yeah, just those are probably the main things I did. But the big thing for me was just the heart math and understanding those emotions, um, why they were occurring, yeah. and you know, framing them in a way that kind of I thought, no, hold on a second, you're thinking like this because of this. There was a couple of real clear incidents I can think back to now prior to May where I remember taking my son to the rugby, one of the Crusaders games, and sitting in the stands, looking at the exits, kind of planning what. I would do if something kind of happened or some sort of event happened. And I sort of, at the time, I normalised it, given what we've been through in Christchurch. Mm. But looking back on it, I realised that was the top of mindset I was in all the time. I was kind of looking over my shoulder. I was 
just in a bit of a, I guess, a fear mindset was the way I described it to myself. So, yeah, I began to understand those situations, those moments, and just began to kind of just process those thoughts better and understand why I was thinking like that as well. Yeah, no, that's that's so important. And the thing is, like, we are wide for fear as it is as humans. And then when yeah. you, you when you layer that with a you know a stressful or a traumatic event, you you do start to see fear more. You know, when I like lost my son, then I was pregnant again with my daughter. You have fear based thoughts, and you have to really you know work on those again. But the thing is, the power of the mind and how we can work, and particularly when you can get into a more conscious state and be really aware, which something like heart math does, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of um, heart math for a lot of people, is that you can actually become aware and that observer of your thoughts. So you then can accept them and then you can choose again. So you actually have that power on them because a lot of it is perception. It's not, you know, it's like when two people see a snake. I always use an example when, you know, when most people see a snake, they perceive fear you know, and they have a fear-based response in their body. But Bindi Irwin from Australia Zoo, who grew up with snakes, actually picks up snakes and hugs them and she'll release oxytocin, a love hormone. So the thing is we do have that choice. So yep. I think what you said there is like really powerful to, to understand. It's very normal to have those thoughts like you did at the football. But I think it's, you know, unless you can get into that state by doing some of these lifestyle things, we can't actually... Um, become aware because a lot of people don't do that they would just be trucking forward trucking forward and then these fear-based things happen in their life continuously around them in so many aspects of their lives and it can have a massive um, domino effect as well and I guess what I'm really interested in too like so you know I guess when you became aware I think it's great you know to have a guy talking about emotional wellnesses too because typically you know as men particularly Australian New Zealand men you know you know they can be let's get on with things let's not let's not talk about an emotion. So I think that that's so great that you did that. When you went back to your clients, did you sort of look at your clients through, you know, a different eye, like lens, I suppose, or did you become more aware of stuff and how they were traveling and how you sort of approach training? Yeah, I, um, I certainly noticed, I mean, we'd always had some good protocols in place to help kind of people identify where they're at from a lifestyle perspective on within our sessions. So we always have, we self checking with the clients do around their sort of sleep, nutrition, hydration, stress movement but we kind of I started to create some conversations where and I guess I knew depending on someone's personality particularly some of my male clients I, I didn't I kind of wanted to kind of not not confuse them but I wanted to sort of try to come to the conclusion of how they were without necessarily directly asking them a question because they're probably a bit like I was initially there mm. a lot of sort of type a driven personality clients who are very much like I was in the first instance right let's move forward let's try to um you know let's try to make sure that um, you know, we try and help the people around us deal with the situation without kind of necessarily looking at helping ourselves first. So mm. I just started having a conversation with people and asking them the right questions to try and just find out where they actually were um, from a headspace and from an emotional state. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that reasonably useful. It did depend person to person. So there were, were those people who still focused on just on fine going forward. So mm-hmm. in that case, it was about me trying to read into their, how their bodies responding within their movement, um, changing the way they move to try and um, just like you say, you know, um, energy and motion, um, emotion, just trying to look at that link and trying to create some different moving patterns for people to try and remove some emotion that way if they weren't necessarily able to recognize it within themselves. Mm. Um, but yeah, my, my, I guess the number one thing I did was just open that conversation up and ask the right questions so people would kind of give you as much information as they want to lean for. Yeah, no, I think that that's so important as well. And I think it's really important for trainers to understand too is like, you know, when you 
understand where someone is at a little bit more emotionally, then, you know, how you approach their training is different. You're not going to go and smash them, you know, and do a hard session because if someone's under a huge amount of emotional stress, they can't be trained hard. It will be the end of them. And I know you mentioned a lot of people at the time in Christchurch were getting sick as well because, you know, they just kept going and pushing themselves going on with their life. And, and, and when you're under that stress, something has to give. And so it's really important, like what you did, is approach the training, you know, in a different way and actually understanding that. So I think it's really important, not just, you know, when there's a, a major event like this, but other emotional events that people go through, because we all go through them, you know, yeah. and it's just um, understanding. And I just think it's so important, um, you know, for people to realise and, and to talk about, like, it, you know, it is okay to have those feelings of, you know, being afraid and, and having those fear-based things, but what can we do to work on them to sort of shift them? And, you know, I think that's what you've done, you know, so well yourself personally, but also, um, you know, coaching your clients, which I think is really great. And I know Jane, um, who works and she specialises in women's health, she's really on board with doing understanding that as well. So it's really great if people are in Christchurch and they do, you know, want a sort of a holistic plan, like these guys are, are, are really, really good at um, doing that. So in terms of, um, was it a bit of a, for you, like, you know, were you a bit really like, wow, emotions can actually do this to your body? Like, did you have a bit of a aha moment like that? Because had, had that been something you had really thought about before? Um, I mean, I, you taught me that in the past, but I think you probably need to experience it, I think, to really understand the, the impact. Mm. Um, I, I've always been pretty optimistic, I suppose, in my outlook. Um, and, and while you certainly have negative thoughts and you, and you certainly suffer from you know, high periods of stress at time, mm. I'm always the kind of glass half full guy looking looking at challenges in a positive way. You know, what can I get from this? What can I learn from it? So mm. I guess my frame of mind's always been to look at things and what can I get from things? How can I grow from? And I probably yeah. hadn't really sort of suffered, you know, too much in this space in the past. Um, and it probably wasn't until something happened, which is kind of completely outside my control. And all of a sudden you kind of it sort of takes you back because, you know, it's not something you can necessarily do much about. Um, mm. So once I was to experience it, again, the stress hormone profiling was really important for me because I am, as much as I was noticing that some changes in myself to see those numbers um, come through, especially after five years of <laughs> taking real pride and, and having good numbers in that respect, it was kind of like, okay, you know, line in the sand, I've got to do something about this, you know, because it can be, well, I think as a male, it's one of those things you can begin to see the symptoms. Mm. But if you're a positive person, or you're a driven person, it's very easy to go, I'll be okay. I'll just keep looking after the things I do well already. So, and things will come right. So it wasn't until I saw those numbers, I thought, okay, the one thing I don't, you know, put a lot of emphasis around is understanding how the emotions impact me. You know, I do nutrition well, I do exercise well, I do recovery well. I yep. do sleep well, I do all those things really well, you know, I manage my stress really well. Mm. Um, but up until that point, it was, okay, well, emotions, perhaps the one I hadn't given enough time to, and, and that really forced me to, um, and again, I think the numbers are, you know, sitting down with you in that, in that coaching session was that a real key component where I thought, okay, you know, but yeah, probably that was the first time when we spoke about it where I could kind of let out what I was actually thinking. And actually, yeah. that's my conversation, you know, it's at times, you're like, okay, now I feel like I can communicate the way it's impacted me. Up until that point, it's like, I'm just going to keep everyone else moving forward. And yeah. I, was older yeah. I think that's so important what you just said there because that's what a lot of a lot of us do not just not just men but men and women is you know because you want to go on and support everyone else which was great and I was actually a little bit surprised that that was the first time you had talked about it and what I liked about you being able to do that is even just by having that discussion now I'm not a counsellor I don't claim to be a counsellor I have a great um, referral network around me which I did use but even just by you speaking about that 
you actually said afterwards like how lighter you felt mm by doing that and it opened up different conversations to go check on actually how your wife's going and mm. your your family as well because you sort of just move on but it is normal to move on like that because you you have to in survival but then it's about well how do we once we're out of that initial survival mode like how do we sort of change this because we don't want to live the rest of our lives in survival and you know I've been in survival mode like many times but it's like you know you have to work really hard to get out of it and I think too like I was probably similar, Paul, like even though like I was so into emotions and I'd done all the, I understood it all, the physiology and I really believed in it. It wasn't really until I had experienced such extreme emotional events that I truly understood how it can affect not only me, but other people. And once you have that experience, you can see and help people so much more. And that's where I think, you know, a lot of the trainers, particularly in Christchurch, have a great opportunity to really help um, help people moving forward so in terms of some things you can do like these this is just a bit of a list of you know things that trainers can do which can actually help um, improve your emotional stress. so we talked about emotions and energy in motion so sometimes you know just actually getting outside and you know going somewhere and moving because after you've moved for about five to ten minutes your body your body feels really safe so it actually is a, a great space um, to get your body into something to really be aware of as well um, when you are working with clients is you know if you're stretching your client or doing some mobilizing and you're you know releasing tension in their body not only are you releasing muscular tension but that can actually be releasing stored emotions so you know when you're having a stress response and you're releasing all these adrenaline neurotransmitters and then you decide I'm just I'm just going to keep going now I'm not going to deal with that all of a sudden these transmitters just keep building in up and up and up in your system and people are walking around with all of these different tension patterns. There's actually a, a th work by Thomas Moore and he talks about psychobiology patterns and actually linking mm. at different people's biology and how um, their structure and how it's actually links to their psychological patterns. It's really, really fascinating. So I guess the key things is just to understand that movement is really great. Don't go too hard. If you know, don't go too hard if your client's under a lot of emotional stress because you'll throw them over the edge. So it's about just doing, you know, meeting them where they're at. Really important to look after something that we can do as well, are lifestyle things that actually help with mood. So yes, we might have all of this emotional stress going on and these stressful events, but let's do the best we can to not make it any worse. So, you know, there's a massive link between gut health and our mood. And there's a lot more papers coming out looking at specific gut bacteria that influence, um, lead to depression or lowering our mood. So really taking care to eat whole foods, lots of diversity in our foods and good fiber will really help nurture our gut health as well. So that's something we can do keeping hydrated something so simple is really really um important i like to have a little bit of a pinch of salt in the in the morning when i have it and do a gargle but and then just drinking um water throughout the day is really really critical because they've even shown less than a one percent you know drop in um hydration levels in your central nervous system can lead to a lowered mood and depression as well so again these are things that we can be doing because we don't want to be in that stress state you know if we're in that stress state we can't make these decisions like Paul's made to actually be conscious about the choices and to be able to reframe things. In terms of other key things that, you know, I like to add in is just something as simple as just writing down three good things daily. There's actually a study called the three good, the three good things study, which actually showed that if you write down three good things every day, you can exponentially increase your happiness. And it continued for over six months in this study. You know, something that is Paul sort of touched upon before is that, you know, when you get, more aware and you've done some meditation and you've got out of that survival state is actually you know becoming more aware and acknowledging your feelings and you know 
there's, I always say there's never a negative emotion. It's always ask and go, what's the highest intent of this emotion? Like, what's it trying to show me? And, you know, when you acknowledge it, then you can accept it and go, okay, well, I am feeling a bit fearful. And like when Paul was at the, you know, um, at a big event at the rugby, then you can accept it because until you accept it and be grateful that, you know, you're, you're aware of your thoughts, then you can't, then you can choose again and reframe it, which was what Paul um, spoke about before is reframing. So, you know, but again, when you're in that stressed and survival state consciously, um, and just living in off all these subconscious patterns, you can't actually make those decisions. So, you know, if Paul didn't manage himself really well by doing like the heart math and having some me time, he would not have been able to get in that position to actually become an observer and be aware of his, his thoughts and actually reframe that, which was really, really great. And this is what's happening with a lot of people when you're going through these major traumatic events, then going back into a stressful life, that's when people are making fear-based decisions day in, day out with everything they're doing. Other things that I like as well, I like my daily breaks, which Paul talked about, and that's so important. It only takes about 90 seconds to get out of this stress sympathetic state and just mm. to relax again. So something small like sitting down for like seriously a couple of minutes, having a cup of tea, getting outside. I like to call them joy breaks and I try to do something that brings me a bit of fun, whether or not it's, you know, having a quick chat to a girlfriend, playing with my daughter, you know, putting on some music to, to some old music when I used to go out and in the heyday, you know, that type of thing can really shift your state. Um, another key thing that I like to put in is a thing called stop. It's a mindfulness technique. So stop. So the first thing you do is stop, you know, is to get out of that reactivity. T is take a breath. So before you respond and you're in a stressful situation, just breathe because breathing can make you feel safe again. And then you observe, okay, what is actually going on here? Okay, well, I'm not that stressed. I've got a roof over my head here. Or I can breathe. Everything's okay. And then you proceed with you know, with whatever you're going to do. It's something so simple, which is really useful. I'm a massive fan of the shaking. I've got videos on that. So if anyone does want that, just send me a message and I'll give you a little video on um, a shaking. It really shifts neurotransmitters and it's, it really helps. It's similar to, we've got this inbuilt, inbuilt reptilian reflex and we're actually meant to shake to get a lot of, rid of a lot of stress and tension. So it's really cool to do that. And the other thing as well that you can do is actually refer out. So, you know what? I always say to people, like, I, I see psychologists, I've seen counsellors, I've seen energy healers, I work with people, like, I have coaches and mentors, you know, it's about finding what's right for you, but it is really important to, you know, to, to go and speak to someone if you are not feeling as good as what you can be, so, it, you know, there's no, and I love it that Paul has done that, particularly as a guy, because it's, you know, it's actually a good thing to, to acknowledge those emotions and to actually um, talk about it, which Paul said made such a difference and actually go and go and do something about it. So um, if anyone does have any more questions about this, I just feel so strongly about getting this message out and helping people in this area. So please um, feel free to contact me for those people that are in Christchurch and, you know, may want help with some programs or may need to look at stuff. Please go and see Paul and Jane at Advanced Fitness. They really um, understand this stuff and really um, take it on board. So I can highly um, recommend them for doing that. And for those that might be interested, I have a big four dimensional wellness mentorship program. And there's also an immersion coming in Auckland um, in March as well, a wellness now thing, but that, that'll be released um, early in the new year. So yeah, and these are my contact details. If anyone wants to stay in touch, um, and I do share a lot of stuff on my podcast, but these are my emails. So please reach out. Like I really would like people to do that um, because I think it's really, really important 
that we start talking more about emotions and understanding more how they're affecting our body. I've got a lot of different resources and I work with a lot of people um, in this space as well. So Paul, is there anything else that you'd like to share before we finish up? Um, no, I think just um, I would reinforce, you know, from Christchurch she's listening is that, you know, we have had a kind of reasonably challenging 10 years in terms of, you know, reasonably sort of major events that have happened. And, and I guess regardless of how, um, directly impacted people have been. I think it's um, something we kind of need to acknowledge that it, it's going to have taken a toll on us some way, shape or form. Um, and as trainers, we're often the people who other people talk to. Um, but just make sure you've got someone else who you can communicate to and, and uh, make sure you've got an opportunity to um, you know, address things yourself as well. So, no, that's all. You know, that's awesome. Thanks so much um, for sharing that, Paul. I really appreciate it because I know that that's sort of your personal results there, but I, I really feel it's a really important thing um, to get out. So cool. Thanks for that. Absolutely, yeah. No problem. Thanks, Ange. I'm Angela Lee, and you've been listening to Will to Live, the podcast. You can join us on Facebook in our Will to Live online community, that's L-I-V, Facebook group or follow Angela Lee on social media and at www.angelalee.com.au. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast and would like to pay forward the gifts of living, please share with your friends. And if you haven't already, please rate and review the podcast. Thanks so much.